0: Ephesians chapter 6, look at verse 11. "...put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand." Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you should be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Verse 17, we're going to slow down here. Verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. I want to preach on the sword of the Spirit the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just pray, Father, that uh, you would come in, Lord God, and your Holy Spirit will move among us, Lord, leading, guiding, directing us unto all truth, Lord God. Father, I just pray, Lord, that it's not my words, it's yours. Lord, these people have come from a long distance. Some of them have come from a very long distance, Lord God. To, hear from you, Father, and Lord, I just pray, Father, you would feed them, and Lord, I just pray they might grow in grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, and Father, I just pray you build a hedge of protection around each heart in this room, Lord God, that the devil can't come in and take that seed, Lord, and Father, help us to understand how important this sword is, this, your word, Lord God, help us to have a fondness for it, Lord, help us to understand what we need to be doing with it, Lord, and I pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ, Amen. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I have a call to arms. It's a call to arms. A lot of Christians don't realize, and I think y'all do, because y'all do, I, I hammer it all the time. We are in a battle right now as Christians. You are a soldier of Jesus Christ. You are in a battle. You're in a war. If you're a Christian, you're in a war. And the Lord, and right there, Paul tells you that. It tells you you need to put on the whole armor of God. And he goes through the list of the whole armor of God. You don't put on armor unless it's wartime. Amen. You're putting on armor. You're in a fight. You're in a battle. And at the end, he says, you've got the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Amen. Now, I'm going to go through some stuff and show you what that sword of the Spirit is, what your sword is, what you should be doing with your sword. And the Bible's going to tell us some of this. But let me let me... From the very beginning, because I, I don't want to go back in, into any of this. Let me, from the very beginning, tell you, when I say the Word of God, when I say the sword of the Spirit, when I say the sword, when I talk about any kind of Bible or any kind of Scripture, I'm always, 100% of the time, talking about a King James Bible. Amen. If you don't have a King James Bible, with a King James Bible, you've got a sword. With another version, you're using nothing but a butter knife. Amen. That's the truth. I'm not saying you can't get saved with an NIV. I can't, I'm not saying you can't come to a saving knowledge out of an NASB. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying when it comes to using a sword, and when I, I want the best sword I can get, I don't want a butter knife put in my hand. Give me a King James Bible. Amen. Turn to Hebrews chapter 4. We're going to look at this. Hebrews chapter 4. You've got a sword. Uh, you're supposed to pick up your sword. What is that sword? The sword is the Word of God. Well, let's look at what that sword does and what it's able to do. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Very famous uh, verse about the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 4. We're going to be doing some sword training this morning. You've heard of going to gun training. You've heard of going to a gun range and training on a gun. This is it. This is a sword training. And every one of you all should, uh, should have a concealed permit on you to carry the Bible. And, you, and, 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 the God is give, and the world wants you to keep it as a concealed permit, but God wants you to use it as an open permit. God wants you carrying it around. I remember as a young Christian, I wanted to learn my Bible, and I remember going into Whataburger, and I wanted to go in and eat a hamburger, but I wanted to bring my Bible because I was doing some studying. And I remember bringing my Bible in there, and I remember carrying it, and I was kind of hiding it behind me. I was thinking, I hope nobody sees me. I was so embarrassed. I was almost ashamed to have a Bible in my hands. And I remember I had that Bible, and I kind of pushed it over here to the side. And, man, have I grown in the Lord Jesus Christ. How have I grown in the Lord Jesus Christ? Now I don't care who sees me holding the Bible. I want you to see me holding this Bible. I so, said, well, you look like a Bible thumper. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I appreciate you calling me a Bible thumper. I want to be associated with this Word of God. I want to be associated with Jesus Christ. In any way that, that, that you, you associate me with Him, that's, it. that's all the better for me. That's all the better for me. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the Word of God is quick. Let's stop there. That's a word that means, that's an English word that we don't use it anymore, but that English word means alive, quick. It's moving, it's alive you realize that that book you have in your lap is unlike any other book you could put in your lap. It actually is alive. What else is alive that you can think of? You are. Amen. You're alive. This Bible, I found out from studying this Bible for going on 20 some odd years, that this Bible is just like the human body. It's so complex. It's such an incredible design to it. That as soon as you figure out one thing, it leads you to another, and it's never-ending. A, a, a doctor never, a doctor never feel, figures it out, amen? A doctor ne- that's why they're still practicing. It, they're, it's just, it's never, they've never, they're never perfect. And that's the way it is when you study this Bible. It's so alive. When God created and designed this Bible, it's like the human body. It's so incredibly designed, you can't figure it out. But it's amazing to get in the middle of it amen. and to see it. It's alive. It's, it is alive. The the Word of God is quick, it's alive, and powerful. It's powerful. It's what Paul told you to pick up. It's powerful. How powerful is this Word of God? Well, when Jesus Christ was confronted by the most powerful being in this universe, that being being Satan, when that... Being confronted, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ didn't punch him. Jesus Christ didn't kick him. Jesus Christ didn't blow him over. Jesus Christ simply quoted the word of God. He pulled out his sword three times. Satan would attempt him. Jesus Christ would say, it is written. He pulled out his sword. He'd unsheathed it like that and just cut old devil. Devil would step back. Devil would come back in for another blow. Jesus Christ would unsheath that sword again and just cut him. It's powerful, guys. It's powerful. It's powerful. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So it's not just a sword. It's a two-edged sword. And it's sharper than any physical sword you can find. Amen. Men are afraid of getting hurt. And I don't blame him, I am too. I had a friend I grew up with that he was so, he said, I, I don't, I, he said, the worst thing, I he goes, I'm afraid of getting stabbed in the belly. Is Larry, Larry Sullivan. I said, I'm afraid of getting stabbed in the belly. He goes, that would be the worst, I can't imagine getting stabbed in the belly. And he was so afraid of getting stabbed in the belly, and he ended up getting shot in the belly and dying with a gunshot, with a, with a, shot, uh, with a shotgun. But he was so afraid. And men are so afraid of getting, uh, getting cut, getting shot, getting stabbed. Just that Oh, man, I can't think of something worse than happened to that. This is uh, sharper than that. And what happens is men get so caught up in the physical side of things that forget about the spiritual side. And Jesus warned about that in Luke chapter 12, verse 4. I'm going to read this to you. Jesus Christ said, I say unto you, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body, that kill the body, and after that, have no more that they can do. He said, don't be afraid of them. Well, who should I be afraid of, Jesus? But I will forewarn you whom you shall fear. Fear him which after he hath killed hath power to cast into hell. Amen. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. Amen. Don't be afraid of that guy with the gun. Don't be afraid of that guy with the sword. Be afraid of the guy with the Bible. Be afraid of the word of God. That's what's going to send you to hell. This is how powerful this thing is. That's how sharp it is. It's scary, and it's your weapon. That's yours. Amen. This is your sword. This isn't uh, uh, somebody else's sword. Guys, God give this to you. Amen. Jesus Christ used it and showed you how to use it. Matthew chapter 4, it is written, it is written, it is written. You got it right here. It's alive, it's quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Look what it, look what it says here. Uh, piercing even the dividing sunder of soul and spirit of the joints and marrow, it cuts right through the body and goes down into the soul and the spirit. See, you're a trinity, and that's that trinity. It's able to cut all that out. It's able see, a doctor can come in, and a doctor can operate on you. A doctor can try to heal you. And any kind of healing a doctor does, is he gets that wisdom from God. I'll give God the credit for that. I appreciate doctors. I appreciate the wisdom and the, that the doctors have. But in the end, it all comes from God. But a doctor can come in, and a doctor can do some things for you physically. But, and I don't care what you say about a psychologist. A doctor can't do anything for you for your soul. And your spirit. I've been there. I've been there where my soul and spirit were broken. And there isn't enough medicine you can take. Not for me. It wasn't for me. And they wanted me to get on medicine. This right here, this sword, this word of God, you've got it can break, it can go right down and do a spiritual operation on you and heal you and redeem you and bring you right with God. Things that a doctor could never even dream of doing. What's going on with people is they think, they, they, they see something's going on and say, well, I need to take a physical pill, I need to do this. And guys, if, you, if you're needing to do that, just you keep on doing what you think you need to do. But I'm telling you that sometimes what's going on is, is that they need a spiritual operation through the Word of God. It's a spiritual, something spiritual going on. And I found out in my life, when I'm spiritual right with God, it's amazing how that, I'm, that my mind is spiritually right, that I, my mind is healed. And when I'm not right with God, my mind's just way off. My soul, my spirit, everything's broken down. I'm not always physically right. Because we're not talking about physical things right now. Amen? Amen? There's some things that are more important than physical. Fear not him that can kill you. Fear him that can kill you and then take your soul and put it in hell. Jesus Christ said, I say, fear ye him we get so caught up in the physical and the health and all the other stuff. And we need, we need, are, you, are you spiritually healed? Amen. Has Jesus Christ came in? Have you, have you received Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior? Has He came in and has He spiritually healed you? Amen. Amen. Has He come in and have you spiritually? When you got that, that's only what the Word of God can do. Amen. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. Guys, you got it right here. This is your sword right here. And it's ready to cut somebody. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. That's what this Word of God is. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and marah, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. woo We. I mean, let me give that to you in just plain English. When you're reading this Bible, it's reading you. <laughs> it's amazing. And I do a lot of reading that outside of the Bible, I do a lot of reading. I try to do a lot of reading. I try to put my phone down and read a book. That's what I try to do. <laughs> I mean, that's one of my New Year's resolutions, is take this stupid phone, throw it out in the front yard, and go pick up something physically called a book and read it. Do more of the reading I need to do, because I've been caught doing this with my phone. And you know, happens when you do that, time flies, you ever need to kill about two hours? Pick up, a, pick up a cell phone and just go on one of those these social media and you'll lose two hours just like that. You want to you you slow time down, pick up a book. You, you need to go to sleep? You having trouble going to sleep at night? Pick up a good book and start reading it. You, you'll, you'll be like me, just fall straight. It's a good sleeping pill. But this book, this holy word, the words of God, are, is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So when you're reading it, it's reading you and it's going to give you what you're trying to get. Amen. Are you trying to deceive yourself? God will deceive you through the word of God. Hmm. <laughs> you ever met, ever met with a Jehovah's Witness and seen how many scriptures they know out of a King James Bible? Wow, they know them. They know them, don't they? And they're deceived as deceived can be, going straight to hell like a bullet. Amen. What's the deal? You come to God with a crooked heart to this word, you'll leave with a crooked word. And you'll get God will just crooked your heart, just what you want. You come to God with a humble heart, you come to this word of God with a humble heart, saying, God, I, just, I, I know I'm a sinner, I, I don't, I, I'm dumb, I just need to learn something. You'll be amazed how God will open your heart and give you stuff. Pour it right in here. Man, it's amazing. That's what you've got in this word right there, in your sword. Look at Psalms chapter 12. Psalms chapter 12. So you've got, a, you've got a two-edged sword that's alive. That's what the sword is. It's the first thing you need to know about it. Here's the, here's the second thing you need to know about your sword. Here's, some, here's the second thing you need to know about your sword. It's found in Psalms chapter 12, verse 6. Psalms chapter 12, verse 6. Here's something else you need to know. Here's what the psalmist says. Psalms chapter 12, verse 6. The words of the Lord are pure words. As silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times, thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. You've got, a, you've got a sword that's eternal. It's an eternal sword. This sword will never rust. This sword will never bend. This sword will never break. This sword is eternal. And this sword never, I don't care what the world says, now listen to me, I don't care what the world says, this word, this sword will never go out of style. Amen. I'm amazed how this Bible runs ahead of the news media. I was telling Wednesday night, I was listening to this podcast, and these two, there's a, Jew, a Jewish woman on there who wasn't a Christian, and this other atheist on there, and they were going on and on and on about the Jew, going on and on about Israel. And I thought, well, you big dummies, God's only been talking about that for 2,500 years. Pick up a Bible. You got the sword that's eternal. He said, I'll preserve it forever. Jesus Christ said in Matthew chapter 24, verse 35, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. It's eternal, God. It's never going to fail you. Praise the Lord. I'm glad God gave me a sword and not a gun. A gun jams. I've had them jam on me. You might have the powder dry or get wet or whatever. Something happened. You know, there's all kinds of things that happen with a gun. With a sword, you just pull that arm down and you get to hacking. You just cut it. And when you got the sword that's forever sharp, forever true, forever pure, forever eternal, and it's alive, See, when you talk about something like that, a sword like that, the heathen, the pagan, they say it's a magical sword. But that's stupid. That's stupid. If it is magical, that means it must be a magician. Somebody created this sword. His name's God, Jehovah. It's His words. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Look at Psalm 149. What should we do with this eternal uh, living sword? Look at Psalm 149. Psalm 149 verse 6. What should we do with this living eternal sword that you got in your lap? Man, what a blessing to have this sword. You know, God could have left us out here, said, "Okay, you're in a battle," and didn't give us any ammunition. I've read lots of war books where well, that's happened. They didn't have amuni- They ran out of ammunition. They didn't have the resources they needed. They could have won if they, they had the fighting mentality, but they didn't have the resources. That's not what God does with us. He gives you the resources. He gives you the sword, and then with that, He gives you the grace ever abounding. And when a man, a Christian man or woman, has the sword and has grace, you can do anything with God. Amen. Anything. And of course, that includes faith, first and foremost. But when you have faith and the sword and you have grace... Brothers and sisters, you can do anything. And you're going to need all three of them. Amen. You're going to need faith to help you hold up that sword. And you're going to need grace because you're going to mess up. <laughs> you're going to swing and miss. You're going to reach down and say, I left my sword at home. Amen. You're going to need all the grace you can get. What do you do with this eternal living sword? Look at Psalms 149 verse 6. Trying to give you some time to find it. Psalm 149, verse 6. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. Now, I think that we had the high praises of God in our mouth. We did some pretty good singing this morning. Praise the Lord. And y'all were singing out, praising Jesus Christ, glorifying the Lord. But there's the two-edged sword in their hand. Amen. Sword in Hand. Our podcast, if you go on the internet for the sermons and the stuff we do out of this church, we named it Sword in Hand Podcast. And it has up there Psalm 149, verse 6, Sword in Hand. What are you supposed to do with this sword? You're supposed to use it, not display it. This sword was given to you to use, not to display. It's a sword to put in your hand. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth. Where's that two-edged sword? In the sheath and a two-edged sword in their hand. You got it. Keep it with you. It's to be used, not displayed. Every Christian, every Christian should be, every Christian should be sword in hand. Every Christian should have the Bible with them. When I say sword in hand, I mean you have your Bible with you. It's uh, Something never, never should happen. A Christian walking around without a Bible, not have a Bible. You should always have a sword with you. Always have a sh- sword available. I, I worked with a guy that he had a gun. He had a gun on him. He had a gun in his truck. He had a gun at his house. He had a gun hidden under his pillow. He had another gun in the barn. He, and I said, In the barn? He goes, Yeah, so that way if they get me in the house and I'm, I can't get back to my room where my gun's at and I left my gun on the dinner, he goes, I can run out the back door and run over to the barn and get the gun out of there. That I have hidden in the, He had a gun hidden everywhere. But he never thought about God. Amen. And I always had to talk to him about God. Guys, as a Christian, that's how we should live our life. We should have our sword in hand. We should have a Bible everywhere. Have a Bible in the car. Have a Bible at home. Have a Bible at work. Have, have a Bible everywhere. I know some of y'all have Bibles on your phones. Amen. Uh, Some brother, y'all have them on your laptops, you know, you can pull up stuff. Yeah, there's no reason not to. We should have sword in hand. Unless you're, I mean, unless you're one of these guys that can remember everything out of the Bible. Now, I've never met one of those guys yet. I've met some guys that can remember a lot of verses. I'm not one of them. And it does so much good just to open up a Bible and say, look right here. Read that. That does ten times more better than just to quote a verse out them. Because they don't know if you're, if you're making it up. Or they, and they're not even listening to it. But when, you, when their eyes read that and they see it, the Word of God, which is alive, starts working on them. Amen. Amen. We should have it with us at all times available. It's made to be used, not displayed. This is an amazing, beautiful sword, and I've seen some amazing, beautiful physical swords in my life. I love swords and stuff like that, and I've seen them, but they always got like a, they always put them on mantles, they display them on a piece of wood, and and, and I'm like, man, I want to take that down off that guy. I've been over to somebody's house and they had them up, uh, you know, I want to take it off the wall and start swinging it around, you know, that that's no good for it just to be displayed. That's not your sword. Your sword's not like that. Your sword's not meant to be put in a closet and collect dust. Your sword's not made to collect dust. It's not made to be sit on a coffee table and never opened. It's not some big tomb that you put on the coffee table and then it just people come by and say, oh, look, they're so holy, they're so, and it's never been opened. And, you, know, that, you couldn't find Genesis, John. You couldn't find the Gospel of Luke. This book is to be used. Your sword is to be used. It's to be read. It's not just to be displayed. Uh, uh, Jeremiah 48, 10. If you don't want to turn there, I'm going to, turn you, I'm going to read this verse. Jeremiah chapter 48, verse 10. Here's what God says too here in Jeremiah chapter 48, verse 10. And this is something inter- interesting. Cursed be he, cursed be he that doeth the work of the Lord deceitfully. Ooh, there's going to be a lot of cursing going on we we get up into heaven. Cursed be he that doeth the Lord, work of the Lord deceitfully. And look at this. And cursed be he that keepeth back his sword from blood. Mm, mm, mm. The Bible has a lot to say about this when you get to studying it. Cursed be you that keepeth back his sword from blood. This this sword was made to be used. It's made to be used, guys. And you're going to offend people. You're going to cut people to the bone. You're going to have people mad at you. You're going to have people angry with you. But you just keep on using it. Because they don't like it. Seen them on there on, uh, on what it was. On one of the, might have been Twitter, they were saying, they were talking about pornography and how there's nothing wrong with pornography. It's like this world has gone completely nuts. They don't have any concept of what, what God says about pornography or about anything else. They're biblically ignorant, and they need the Word of God. Amen. And you know what's going to happen when you give them the Word of God? They're going to get mad, Amen. and they're going to call you a Bible thumper. And they're going to call you a hypocrite. And they're going to call you stupid and ignorant. And they have all, y'all know all the names. But you're going to, what you're going to be really honestly is somebody standing there with a sword in their hand. Amen. And it's going to cut right through all their mess, all their veneer, all their little faces they put on. It's going to cut right through to them and stab them where the soul and spirit is. You know what this will do that nothing else can do? Because I've been on the internet before, and I've had people get me so angry, and I know why they get me so angry. Because see, in my mind, I'm all, I'm over here, and they're they're calling me names, and they're about five foot two, weigh about a hundred pounds, clicking on a key keyboard with bottle bottle coat, bottle glasses. I whip you, I whip you, and I'm thinking, man, if I just get a hold of that guy, I just you know, I just. I just rip his head off, and you know, you just want to kill him, you know, when you get, when you, but you, they're behind that screen, and they're so strong, and they're so incredibly powerful, and oh, are they ever so brave, that if you were to see them face to face, they would never say that stuff to your face, ever, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? But you know what this sword will do that I can't do physically? You can quote a verse to somebody like that, and they're, they're back behind that keyboard, and it just, whoo, just hit them. Amen. And they'll get mad at you and they'll say, you're stupid and you're an idiot. And they'll turn off their computer or close their laptop and they'll go off in the other room. And you know what happens? God follows them around through the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Jesus Christ said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that guy will be going around, he'll get in his car, and he'll drive somewhere, he might go to the local bar, and he might be hanging out at the bar, and the whole time the Holy Spirit's there. Jesus Christ said, I am the way. That, that stuff right there, guys, it Amen. works. <laughs> Try it. Amen. It's to be used, not just displayed. And curse it be you if you're not willing to use it. Don't be afraid, use it. I'm... I'm not telling you to be something you're not. I'm not trying to tell you to, to be mean or hateful. I'm telling you that when somebody attacks you for your beliefs, don't be afraid to say, this is why I believe it. Because I'm telling you, when you attack, when you give them what, what, what the Bible says, it's going to cut them. Amen. My wife left the track. We were, we were in Abilene. We were at the, one of the Goodwills. And, 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 and you remember this? You, I think you remember this happening yesterday. My wife left the track there on the counter. And that girl was checking stuff out, and she looked at that track, and he thought it was a rattlesnake up there. She, her eyes got about that, what's that? What's that right there? It's, it's a gospel track. Oh. And she just kept looking at it, like, did you see her eyes? Like, like what's, It's not a rattlesnake, it's not going to bite you. That's what I wanted to tell her. It's It's amazing. I've been out at, down at New Orleans, Mardi Gras, surrounded by all these heathens, handing out tracts, and I'll, and I'll hand them a track, and they'll literally physically go like this. Do their body like that. Like I'm going to stab them with a knife or something like that. And it took me a long time to understand, I am stabbing them with a the sword. Amen. They see that as a sword. They know what that is. I might, be, I might be stupid and not realize what I'm doing, but they know that's a sword. And they physically would go like that. I mean, it's, it's amazing. You need, get, out in the, get out in the world and start using the Word of God. You'll see some amazing things. Look at, look at go to Psalm 134. Speaking of this blood, Psalm, I mean, excuse me, Isaiah 34. Go to Isaiah 34. I apologize. Isaiah chapter 34. Isaiah 34. Let's, let's pick up the pace a little bit. Isaiah chapter 34, verse 6. Speaking of the blood, mm, the blood. You have a two-edged sword that's alive. We found out you have an eternal sword. We found out you have a sword that's to be used, not displayed. And you're going to find out here in verse, 34, verse uh, chapter 34, verse 6, that you have a sword that's full of blood. The sword of the Lord is filled with blood. It is made fat with fatness, and with the blood of lambs and goats, with the fat of the kidneys of rams. For the Lord hath a sacrifice in Basra, and a great slaughter in the land of Edom. Or Edom. But the top of verse 6 tells you what that sword has. The sword of the Lord is filled with blood. There's not a, that's a That's so accurate, because from Genesis to Revelation, you know what this book's about? It's about blood. From Genesis all the way to Revelation, it's all about blood. And we've been studying this some on Wednesday nights, but in the, uh, the blood in uh, Revelation, it's going to flow as, as high as a horse's bri- bridle for 200 miles. That's how much blood's in that book of Revelations. But see, the Old Testament, it's a, blo- it's a book about blood, and it's about the blood of a lamb. In the Old Testament. It's, about blood about take- it's a book about taking a, the taking a lamb, slaughtering that lamb, and taking that blood, and that being the sacrifice for your sins. And in the New Testament, God does a new covenant. And he says, I'm going to give you the perfect sacrifice. And from the New Testament on, it's about the blood of the Lamb. The Lamb of God. That John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. So from all that point on, it's about the blood of the Lamb. This book here, And I know some of y'all know church history, and we've went over it some in Sunday school. This book here has more blood on it than any other book you could ever find. And I mean physical, man, a man and a woman's blood. Men and women have bled and shed their blood to get this book into your hands. They thought it was that important. And men hated it enough to kill a man over a a book. Over the mere words. I know I've been hitting the Roman Catholic Church a lot lately. Maybe there's somebody that needs to hear it. And I, I hope you take it to heart. And Don't take my word for it, but study it up yourself. But the Roman Catholic Church, they killed men and women for trying to get this book in, into English. Yeah. Read it. It's history. You can't deny it. There's, go, I'm not just making this stuff. You can probably Google. I know you could Google and find some of this stuff. Let me give you a name. William Tyndale. Now, William Tyndale, I'm going to read you this. William Tyndale, he was... Sitting with a Catholic scholar at dinner, and this Catholic scholar—this is what this Catholic scholar said, we were better to be without God's law than to be without the Pope's. Oh so this Catholic, this Catholic scholar told Tyndale, he said, I'd rather be without the word of God than to be without the Pope's words. Oh wow. So Tyndale got angry, <laughs> which I would have too, And he said, I I defy the Pope and all his laws. If God spare my life ere this many years, I will cause a boy that driveth the plow shall know more of the scriptures than thou dost. Tyndale was a translator. He's trying to translate the Bible into English for the English-speaking people. And the Catholics did not want him to do it. They did not want you to have your Bible. So they finally captured William Tyndale. They put William Tyndale at the stake. They were burning him at the stake, killing him for trying to get this Bible into your hands. Amen. The last words of William Tyndale as he burned at the stake were simply these, Lord, open the king of England's eyes. As he's bound, he said, Lord, open the king of England's eyes as those flames came up and licked him and killed him. You got the King James Bible. The King James Bible. Less than 100 years, you got this in your lap right there. 400 years later, we're still sitting in here with it. William Tyndale had the guts and was willing to die and shed his blood for this book. Guys, you got a sword that's covered in blood. It's covered in the blood of Christians and it's covered in the blood of non-believers. But it's covered in the blood... And it's covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. This was, is this was a bloody book. Uh, Brother Packer, I remember Brother Packer telling me, he had a lady tell him, tell him this is a, that's a bloody book. Your book is a bloody book. Well, what do you say? Like Brother Packer said, what do you say? You can't say nothing. She's right. It is a bloody book. I can't deny that. It's full of blood from Genesis to Revelation. But it's the precious blood of Jesus Christ that's going to save you. And if you don't get under that, you have no chance at all. Amen. Let's switch gears a little bit and go to Matthew chapter ten, and I'm going to close here in, uh, here in the Gospels, Matthew, cha- and let's see what Jesus Christ had to say about this sword. Matthew chapter ten, Matthew chapter ten, verse thirty four. Some interesting things that Jesus Christ said about a sword. So you you have a sword that's blood filled. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 34, look what Jesus Christ says here. Think not, think not that I am come to send peace on the earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. See, this is not the Jesus Christ they know. Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. But why is there not peace? It's like that stupid, ignorant, doofus uh, bumper sticker you see people ride around with. that says, coexist, coexist. And they got all these religious symbols in there, including a the Christian symbol. And it says, coexist. Basically, it's like, why can't we all just get along? I'm not the one killing Muslims. <laughs> Amen. I'm, not, I'm not the one killing Buddhists. Why do you have my symbol up there? You need to go talk to the Muslims and tell them to coexist. The reason why we don't have no peace is not because of me. I want peace. They don't want peace. Amen. They don't like what I like. They don't like one thing about me, and that one thing is Jesus Christ. Yeah. The devil don't like me, the devil don't like Jesus Christ, therefore the world doesn't like me, and the world doesn't like Jesus Christ. Stop telling me to coexist. Y'all the ones that need to learn to get along. Jesus Christ says here, I didn't come to send peace. I came not to send peace, but a sword. Because there's going to be no peace until Jesus Christ is king. None. The Pope literally was almost king of this whole world, and there was absolutely no peace. There's going to be no peace until Jesus Christ is king. But listen, you've got a sword that Jesus Christ wants you to send out. See that in verse 34? I came not to send peace, but a sword. He came to send a sword. He came to send the word of God. We're supposed to get the word of God out. We should have the word of God on our cars and bumper stickers. They got that stupid coexist bumper sticker. You get you one that has scripture on it. Drive them crazy when they're back behind you in the in the in a parking lot or in a line at, at the at the uh, in line trying to at a, at a at a light or whatever. Drive them crazy. Make them look at scripture, man. If anybody gets behind Joker in a line, they're going to have to read about four or five verses of scripture before the light turns green. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. It's sharp. It's sharper than any two edged sword. It's alive. It's going to do something. It's going to work. God says, I'm, my my word will not return unto me void." That's what he says. It's not, there's something going to come of that, Joker. Something's going to come of that. It has come. A lot of it's already come of it. We might not know till we get to the other side of heaven. This word, this sword, is meant to be sent out. A sword, look, he says, I came not to send peace, but a sword. A sword's not used in peacetime, brothers and sisters. And I started this whole sermon out talking about this. You don't, get, you don't pick up a sword when it's, it's times of peace. You pick up a sword when it's times of war. You're at war. So you better pick up a sword or you're going to get killed. You need to fight. And Jesus Christ said, I didn't come to send peace, but a sword. Now he's obviously talking about what I've been talking about, about... How uh, the man is going to be against man. Look at verse 35. For I, came, for I am come to set a man at variance against his father. And the daughter against his, her mother. And the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. He goes on to explain what he means by that. He means that when you receive Jesus Christ. It's not always going to be peaceful times. Right? You're going to have brothers and sisters that aren't going to like you. They're not going to like you being a Bible thumper. But they'll get over it. They'll get over it. We have plenty of Bibles in this church to send out. If you know somebody that needs a Bible, get with me, we'll get them a Bible. you need a Bible, get a hold of me, I'll give you a Bible. I'll get you a Bible. I'll mail you a Bible. I'll get you a Bible. We as a church have given out literally thousands of Bibles. When you start counting up all the Bibles we're giving out, and I hope we give out tens of thousands more and send them out and give them out. There's people that give me literally thousands of dollars simply to put out Bibles. And they say... This money is nothing but for the Bible fund. So there's people that love to do that and want it put out, and that's what we should be doing. That's what you should be doing with your sword, putting it out. And that's what Jesus Christ is talking about here. Look at Matthew 26. Let's go on to Matthew 26. Got a couple more to show you, then we'll be done. Matthew 26, verse 52. Yes. Matthew 26, verse 52. This is for all you men out there. This verse right here. I know all you men, y'all have guns. Some of y'all probably even carrying guns in here this morning. And I hope you are. <coughs> I love guns. I have, I have plenty of them at home. But look what Jesus Christ says here. Then she said, Jesus unto him, to Peter, after Peter pulled out his sword, Peter pulled out his sword and cut a man's ear off. Verse 52, then said Jesus unto him, unto Peter, put up again thy sword in his place, for all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. You're going to pick up the sword, you should die with the sword. So I'm trying to apply that to your Christian life because obviously the sword is not physical. The sword is spiritual. And what I'm trying to show you is that if you're going to pick up the sword and you should have a sword in hand, you should be prepared to die with sword in hand. Amen. Now I've said, I know it's probably one of the most unpopular things I've said from this pulpit, but I've said if they come to take my guns, if the U.S. government comes to take my guns, I'm not going to go to jail over my guns. I'm not going to go to jail and lose my job. My wife, I have no, way, no one to support her and her I have to try to find a way to support herself while I'm in jail because I want to keep my gun. Now, y'all can do what y'all want to do with your life. But when they come and knock on my door and say, give me your Bible, you can have my King James Bible when you pry it for my cold, dead fingers. <laughs> I'm not giving it up. And I think every Christian should have that same attitude. You know, I'm for guns, I'm for gun laws, I'm for doing away with some of these things that they're trying to do to us with the gun control and everything. I'm not for gun control, period. I, I'm for freedom and liberty, but when it comes to the Bible, I'm for dying for my Bible. Amen. I'm not for dying for my guns. Because God never promised me in this Word of God that I'm going to have a gun. He never said, hey, you're going to have a gun, you should keep a gun. Only thing To me, the only thing worth dying for is Jesus Christ. Amen. And I want to give my life for Jesus Christ. And if they come to take this sword for me, man, this is, outside of, my, outside of my wife and my kids, this is the most precious thing in my, in my life is this Bible. Amen. If my house burns down, King Hall's running out with this book in my hand. No, truthfully, I've, spe- I've got years of study notes in here. That's why if you, if you ever open up my Bible, it's got written, my phone number's written in here. My phone number's written on the, it's written everywhere. And if, it says in here, I have it right up in here. If found, there is a reward. If found, please return for a reward. I have it right in here. <laughs> this thing's that precious to me. People lose Bibles all the time and then they lose their dog. And they're, they're searching high and low for their dog. If found, listen, this thing should be the most precious thing to you right here. It's your sword. It's by you all the time. You can have my King James Bible when they pry it from my cold, dead fingers. I like that one. Look at Luke 22, 36. That was, I didn't come up with that. That's a bumper sticker, by the way. Luke chapter 22. I didn't come up with that saying. That's a bumper sticker, and if you want one, we'll get you one. I've got one I put on the back of my car sometimes when I'm feeling the i got one right now that says, Without the bread of life, you're toast. That's what I got riding right now. I just like to put on. Uh, Brother Gary's got a good one. It said, "The party in hell has been canceled due to fire." So I like putting that stuff on there. But I like putting scripture on there too. I have, I have on there, "Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved." I have that one on there. Joker's got a ton of scripture on his. Guys, uh, we need to get the truth out any way we can. Amen. Wear it on a shirt, whatever we need to do. But let's close here in Luke chapter twenty-two, verse thirty-six. The disciples, they're, they're, Jesus Christ is about to be arrested. And this is what he says to them in verse 36. Then said he unto them, But now he that hath the purse, let him take it. And likewise his script. And he that hath no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. I'm, I'm going to close this sermon by saying uh, it's high time. It's high time to have our sword, to get our sword and get it in hand. It's way past time. And Jesus Christ right here is obviously talking about self-defense because they're guys, they're about to be running for their lives, and he says, get a sword. You know, if you don't have one, go ahead and buy one. Get one. Get a sword. It'd be like saying, you know, you need to have a gun. We have a gun in church. We're not in church trying to kill people. We've got to have a way to defend ourselves here at the church because we have maniacs coming into church shooting people. So you've got to have, you gotta, Jesus Christ is all for self-defense But what he's talking about, we're applying this scripturally, I'm saying to you spiritually, excuse me, spiritually I'm trying to say is, if you don't have a sword, you need to get one. If you have your sword, you need to pull it out of the sheath and hold it in hand. It's high time for that. It's way past time for that. And I've shown you all the different things that sword will do for you. It'll defend you. It's alive. It's powerful. It's eternal. It, it, should be, it should have blood on it. It should be held in hand. You should be pri- high praises of God. And right now, it's high time. It's high time to have that sword in your hand to defend yourself against your family. De- to defend yourself against your family, against friends, against co-workers. You say, defend myself. against." When they ask you why. They ask you why. Why do you go to church? Why do you believe that you're saved? Why do you believe you're going to go to heaven? Why do you know for sure you're going to go to heaven? Do you know the verses to turn to? Is your sword getting kind of dull? It's not sharp like it should be? It's right there. God's got it right there for you to answer them. If you don't have the answer, call me. We'll we'll look it up. I'll give you the verse. It won't be my opinion. It'll be the word of God. Right? Amen. That's the sword. That's the sword that Jesus Christ used. It is written. Why do you believe you're going to go to heaven? It is written, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. you got verses. If you don't, if you get your own verses. If that one doesn't do it for you, get your own verses. God's got them for you. It's full of it. It's high time, though. See, I'm telling you, it's high time to learn this stuff. It's high time to get your sword out and ready to defend yourself against the devil. The devil, in the very beginning, the first words recorded by the devil is, Yay, did God say?" When the devil comes into your heart and says, "Are you sure?" and he does, he'll show up and you'll be saying, "I'm, I'm, I, you'll be so on fire for the Lord and this, that, nothing. You'll be reading your Bible and you'll say, "I believe that, I believe in heaven," and then the devil will come in and whisper, "Are you sure? Oh, You've never seen Jesus." You've never seen heaven. There's no place called hell. Are you sure? It is written. Amen. It is written. Peter admonishes us and says in 1 Peter 3.15, I'm going to close by reading this, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always, be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. We're not being high-minded with meekness and fear. You're not being high-minded. You're not being a know-it-all when you're telling somebody. You're just saying, I believe this because that's what the Bible teaches. And that's where my final authority is. It's my sword. It's my sword. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for loving us, taking care of us, Father. Lord, if there's somebody underneath the sound of my voice, Father, that doesn't know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, Father, they're not for sure if they were to die tonight, they'd go to heaven, Lord. Father, I just pray, Lord, as we give this invitation, they'll come on down the aisle, Lord, and we'll open up a Bible for them and show them out of your word, Lord God, through your sword, how they can know the truth, Lord God, and that truth, Lord God, you said Jesus, you said that truth would set them free, Lord. I know you set me free all those many years ago, Lord, and I thank you for it. Father, forgive me, Lord God, for putting your sword down. Lord, forgive me, Father, for the times I don't have a sword in hand. And, Lord, I'm just walking through this world, Lord, thinking about everything else but your sword, Lord God. And, Father, help us to remember that we are in a battle, we are soldiers, and that we are under attack, Lord God, every day. Father, help us keep that in mind. And, Lord, I pray a special blessing on everybody out here tonight, Lord God, or this morning, that loves you, Lord, that came in here to hear from you, Lord. Now, Father, I just pray it was holy manna, Lord God, that was spread around. Thank you, Father, for your grace and mercy. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray, Amen. amen. upon him